When you think about coronavirus or COVID-19, what sorts of risks cross your mind? You probably think about the risk of serious illness or death to yourself or to a loved one. You may think about the risk of losing your sense of community through social isolation. You may be thinking about a serious risk to your business or your career, or maybe a catastrophic risk to the economy as a whole. Those are pretty big ones, aren't they? In this podcast, I want to alert you to another risk, the personal risk to you of losing your sense of self-agency, of becoming passive or resigned in the face of so many changed routines, the risk of quote-unquote learning helplessness. I borrowed this term from Dr. Martin Seligman, who studies and teaches human happiness. Early in his book, Learned Optimism, Dr. Seligman explains some really disturbing experiments on dogs. This is a quote. Day after day, they had been exposed to high-pitched tones and brief shocks given in pairs, first a tone and then a shock. The idea was to get the dogs to associate the tone and the shock so that later, when they heard the tone, they would react as if it were a shock with fear. That's the end of that quote. Dr. Seligman then goes on to explain how the dogs were moved to a shuttle box where their reactions could be observed. Here's Dr. Seligman. This is a quote from him again. After that, the experiment had begun. The investigators wanted to see if the dogs would react to the tones the same way they had learned to react to shock, by jumping the barrier to get away. Instead, these dogs had just lain down whimpering. They hadn't even tried to get away from the shocks. Accidentally, during the earlier part of the experiment, the dogs must have been taught to be helpless. That's why they had given up. The tones had nothing to do with it. During conditioning, they had felt the shocks go on and off, regardless of whether they struggled or jumped or barked or did anything at all. They had concluded or learned that nothing they did mattered. So why try? That's the end of his quote. In other words, the dogs had learned helplessness. Maybe you find that story disturbing. I certainly do. I can imagine any dog lover would. Even Dr. Seligman did. It was not his experiment. He was just a late-arriving observer. But this shouldn't only disturb dog lovers. It should also disturb a lover of humans, because the parallels are pretty close. We've seen people we know have experiences that slowly take away their sense of self-agency, experiences that may teach them helplessness. These humans don't lie there and whimper, but they do some of the human equivalents. These dots are easy to connect. In fact, that was the point of Seligman's book. If you've listened to a lot of this podcast series, you may remember an episode called The Highest Kindness, The Best Thing a Leader Can Do. In that podcast, we talked about a Swedish thriller, The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. The bad guy in the thriller was a serial killer who told one of his victims that he especially enjoyed the part where he saw his victims lose their hope of escaping. That seemed to me then, and still does, the ultimate evil, to enjoy seeing other humans lose hope, to lose their sense of self-agency. And that podcast emphasized that a leader's job is to do the opposite, to create a reality-based sense of possibility. 
This is the spirit of the Latrim business philosophy when it promotes a quote-unquote problem-solving mindset as opposed to a quote victim mindset, close quote. A problem-solving mindset means keeping a high focus on what we can influence. It means the habit of defining negatives in the workplace or in our lives as solvable problems, then calmly ranking them and solving them in priority order, and taking satisfaction from the problem-solving work. And when we can't take a negative to that place, meaning when it's beyond our ability to influence, we accept it and turn our attention to something else. Opposing that set of habits is what we call the victim mindset, the mindset of nurturing lingering resentments toward other people or toward the world in general for the negatives in the workplace or in our lives. A victim mindset does not lead to problem solving. It just leads to resentment, and the resentment can guide us at times to unproductive decisions. The learned helplessness explored by Dr. Seligman is related but slightly different. With learned helplessness, there may not be some other for me to resent. I may just feel that I've lost too much of the ability to influence outcomes. That's what happened to the dogs in those experiments. When the actions I take don't seem to save me from pain or hardship, or advance me in the directions of things that I need and want, when there just seems to be a surplus of events beyond my control affecting my life outcomes to the point that proactivity by me seems pointless, that's how this arises. And this feeling can come to very healthy humans. Humans who are normally good at using a problem-solving mindset can falter if enough outside events keep knocking them down. Imagine a baseball diamond with a batter at the plate swinging at curveballs. He hits a high average. He's calm. He may even be in flow. Now the pace of the curveballs doubles. He's stressed. He can't keep up. Then double the pace of the curveballs again, and this batter just curls up in self-protection. I think you get the point. Many of us underestimated how rapidly and how thoroughly COVID-19 would affect our old routines. This is a lot to get used to. And if you make the mistake of spending too much time watching the news, it's possible to get hypnotized by all the things we can't control that may indeed affect us. We may find ourselves losing our animal spirits, the mindset and energy that get us going in the direction of satisfying our human needs and building toward our aspirations. Of course, COVID-19 really, in the grand scheme of things, has really only taken away a very small part of our freedom. It just seems big because of its suddenness and inside its boundaries, its completeness. I'll give you a silly example to make the point clear, and then I'll connect the dots. Imagine a creation story where the original humans did not have to drink water or liquids to survive. They go about their lives investing in all the other human needs and wants. Suddenly some natural event or biblical catastrophe occurs that creates thirst. Suddenly we humans have to drink liquids all through the day. And of course we have to create and maintain a water supply. Wow. Think what a change that would have been in such a creation story. When it first happened, everyone might have felt that the world was upside down, as if they'd lost control over their very existence. But now, millennia later, it would be part of our routine. We're completely habituated to it. We don't even think about it. 
and we don't feel unfree because we have to drink liquids. It would not make us feel helpless or depress us. Now, I understand it would seem a little strange to say the same thing about COVID-19, that it's just a fact of life that we should be nimbly adapting to. But that's mainly because it's still so new. Remember, it's called novel coronavirus. We're still close enough to how things were before it hit that this still seems like such a catastrophic disruptor. This won't last forever. But if it did, it shouldn't defeat us any more than having to drink water should defeat us. If you find yourself short on animal spirits, you're probably best off reading some of the stuff that people like Martin Seligman and Joel Wade are publishing. I'm certainly not an expert, but I do have a hunch that we have to find ways to kickstart, just to find something over which we have control and just relearning the habits of maximum proactivity. Here's a silly example that somehow meant a lot to me. I recently taught myself how to do the shot put. I studied it online. I ordered a very light shot and started heaving it around on a field near my house. Doing something like this sort of kick-started something inside of me, and I started getting a little more rambunctious at work. I recently pushed a point pretty hard inside a group that was semi-public. I later realized I was wrong, pretty clearly wrong. Okay, no one got hurt. It was mildly embarrassing, but only that, and I was swinging again. It felt good, and I expect to keep it up. Of course, whatever activity helps you rediscover your own proactivity is just a short-term fix unless it evolves into something meaningful. For many years, I've gotten a lot out of Nathaniel Brandon's book, The Six Pillars of Self-Esteem. One of those pillars is purposefulness, a high focus on something really important to us. This creates a sort of immune system for our mind against all the sorts of external events that could become a distraction. Having a high sense of purpose is really good for you, especially in tough times. Many writers did their best work as a sort of escape from emotional adversity. Shakespeare wrote King Lear and Macbeth while under quarantine during the plague. Milton wrote Paradise Lost after going blind. We all have our potential King Lear. For some of us, it might be something artistic. For others, it might be restarting a relationship or reinvesting in someone that's important in our lives. For those of us lucky enough to work for a company that's operational right now, it could be an ambitious but achievable new work goal. We need both of these. We need our small victories, little things that we can accomplish in short feedback loops, and we need the bigger purpose that we look to on the horizon. But the main thing is to get going. If the highest kindness is to instill a sense of possibility in ourselves and others, the cruelest thing coronavirus could do is teach us helplessness. Don't let it. Fight learned helplessness at all costs. Find a critical part of your life and work that you care about and can influence. Focus on it. Bring whatever animal spirits you can and relearn and protect your optimism. What's your personal King Lear? What's keeping you? Why would you let it? <laughs>